Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Busy, busy, busy. Thanks for coming back, checking out another episode of Dynasty Theory. Tonight coming at you at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Next week, we'll be back to 10 o'clock. Then after that, we'll be back to 9 o'clock. It's like a yo-yo. Anyway, speaking of yo-yos, man, that was a good segue. Dan Lamagna, what's up, buddy? You know, just you know, a frustrating day with Randy Gregory pulling a Daryl Strawberry. See, like that, Mitch? He said we couldn't talk to the show about Daryl Strawberry again. But how many chances does an organization give a guy, and then he just says, ah, I'm going to go to Denver after Dallas thought they had a deal. Shady business there. Not happy about it, but life goes on. Hopefully we get Von Miller and life's good again. Hey, all is fair in free agency. That's and technically, tec- he, he didn't sign anything yet, you know? So what are you going to do? True, Come on. True. Jerry. Jerry's got to straighten things out over there. What's up, Mitch? What's up? You know, I'm thinking Gregory just sat down, looked at it. He's like, I should go where the better quarterback is. So he went to Denver. Oh, oh. Or did he go where marijuana is legalized? <laughs> Well, uh, how about Tom Brady? Touche, touche. <laughs> so Dynasty theory, boys. You know that that is that is a good theory. Since our last episode, we we want to spend a lot of time tonight talking about the first two days of the early free agency fallout, the legal tampering, as it's so commonly referred to. But since our last episode, Tom Brady has since come back, going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in 2022. Really quick you know recap mitch what are your thoughts here from a dynasty perspective can i just talk about first how i think it's really funny we there was all of the talk i think pft was all over about how arians and brady can't work together you know arians might not be the coach of the buccaneers this Mm -hmm. year and it ends up no they're fine everything's okay but as far as dynasty goes so i think I'm going with the, he's going to be back for two years. I don't think he comes back just for one year after retiring. I don't see him just being like, you know what? I'm going to do it one more time. I think they're going to go for two more years. So I'm actually more willing to buy into Brady and Mike Evans and Godwin and Russell Gage now than I was previously, just because I think he's going to be there for two years now. Does that depend on if they win the Super Bowl in 2022? I don't think so. I think he's just going to be back for two. It would be so weird for him to retire, be like, no, nah, two months later, I still love the game. They'd be like, no, nah, I'm done again in eight months. I'm not ready right. to throw the challenge flag, but Mitch, aren't you worried about getting stuck with him again like so many owners did this year? Like, here's like, okay, you messed up. You got stuck with nothing on your roster except for Tom Brady. Here's your redo. We hit the reset, reset button in the video game so you get to play again. Do you want to get stuck with that bag in your hand again? Sadly, I have teams with Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Jared Goff. If I could have Brady for two more years, like that's better than 15 other quarterbacks in the league. And sad to say, 45-year-old Tom Brady is probably going to continue to be better than half the league. I'll give can, you I half, make... can we give him half a point there, John? Like, yeah, to, to, to his point, there's a lot of unstable quarterbacks, but I think it's too premature to say two years. The way I view this, and it's almost like a second chance here, just like uh, Dan said. He said, we have another opportunity to get out from under Tom Brady. 
it's kind of like that James Robinson situation. You didn't get out from under him prior to the NFL draft or you were acquiring him. They go with Travis Etienne. You're like, oh my God, like what's going to happen now? Not quite a retirement, might as well have been. But then Travis Etienne goes down. You have another opportunity to get out from James Robinson. I think we could kind of look at that in a similar situation. Mitch, Mitch seems hesitant over there. I can see it in his eyes. But the way I'm looking at this, I'm looking at it from a one-year window. If I'm going out and acquiring Tom Brady or if I'm moving him, my price is reflective of a one-year window. And in most situations, I'm going to be looking to get out from under him. What are you going to get for him? It's going to be difficult today. But when the season rolls around, as we always talk about with these vets, I do believe that you could see. Okay, here's the thing. In terms of draft picks, <laughs> it's probably easier to do something now like Tom Brady and 205 for 110, maybe 109. Would you do that? Would would you would you take the Brady side in that no. one, Mitch? No. Okay. But if you you gotta think if you're 109, 110 in this draft and that's your pick, maybe you were a quarterback away. And we know that people, they do play with that. Even if they believe it's one year, they play with that one-year outlook. I have Tom Brady in that 27 to 30 tier. I would take him for one year over Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitchell Trubisky, who we're going to talk about later. Oh, are we going to challenge flag? Well, yeah, I mean, it, you're, you're a Steelers fan, JB. And Trubisky's he could be two years. I was going to call a timeout before it was going to throw a challenge flag, though. JB, wouldn't it like if you I agree with your point of that window might be tough now to trade Brady. We were talking pre-show a little bit. You know, me personally, not crazy about this draft as we get to that 108, 109, 110, 111 range. I would rather get a Mitchell Trubisky and get a 108, 109 next year. So, like if someone's willing to trade a pick next year because they want to win now. Yeah, no, nobody's giving you a 23 first for Brady. Nobody. I almost take a second and a quarterback that I know might have a couple years in them. If you want to pivot, and this is something that Mitch and I talk about every Friday on the pivot point on the Dynasty Theory Patreon, come check it out free for the rest of March. But we talk about opportunities to pivot from one tier to the next, pivoting with pivoting within a tier. If you want to go Brady down to Trubisky plus, I think that could be done. I think that could be done. And we'll get to Trubisky, like I said, <laughs> There's some different things with him going on in the way that looks in Pittsburgh, but I'm not, I'm not sold on this being longer than a year, especially if Tampa Bay comes back and wins the Super Bowl. Like, just I, I don't want to put myself through that as a manager. If, 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 and that's a big if, if there is an opportunity to move him. Sometimes there isn't, though. We know that. And if the, if the, it's not there, I'm not going to force it. Like, I'm not just going to give him away for two oh eight. Like, I, no. But if the opportunity presents itself, even if I have him on a contender and I have one specific team in mind, I have Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, and Tom Brady. I'll ship Tom Brady out. If I can get the value necessary, I will ship him out. How do you guys see this playing out for Mike Evans and Godwin and stuff? Well, I think Mike him, Evans right? always has the deflated value, so he's still probably a bargain. You know, uh, I'm trying to think. I just took him in a startup, but I want to say... I took him. Actually, is it the league? You and I are managing together, Mitch. 
Did, Did we, we take, take it? We could have. But I think it was the day before Brady came back, maybe. You know, so I'm treating Mike Evans as a player I'm still looking to acquire. People might be a little bit more hesitant to give him up cheaply from when his quarterback could have been Kyle Trask to now Tom Brady returning. Chris Godwin, he's franchise tagged right now. They haven't come to an agreement on a longer term deal. How long is he going to be out in 2022? They bring Russell Gage in. But I think both of those wide receivers still can be values and opportunities to pivot within different wide receiver tiers. Yeah, I'd want to concur there. I had like a three three point uh what Brady did to Bucks fantasy value there. To the players, I think John's right. Like I think they just great pivot points. I think they retain their value that they had last year. I'd like to get Evans in the same place this year as I would last year. Godwin, you know, obviously Godwin's coming off an injury, so you gotta be a little bit a little bit patient. Um, it's one less team needing a quarterback as part of the 32 team puzzle. So I think he there's someone out there, like one free agent that's like, ah, oh, Brady, you just killed my chance of a starting job. And I do think it helped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers employee retention rates. Uh, you know, they are able to save some guys. His timing was great to be able to have a few guys that would have probably, you know, flown ship and now they're going to stay. So they did lose two guards. Did they pick up one lineman yet? I'm not sure that they've got to patch up that old line. A they little made bit. a, tr- they made a trade with the Patriots. They sent so a they- fifth for a lineman. Yeah. So one down, one to go, because he lost two guards going into uh, into this. But getting Gage was a big signing. Mitch, I thought you were going to fill the air there. So I'm going through. I got Mike Evans at 901 in a startup, and I think it was wide receiver 30. I'll double check once one of you start rambling on about something, just so there's not too much dead air here. I I, I thought you could see my eyes were down. Mitch is on mute. Mitch isn't even ready <laughs> to go. Mitch, are you here tonight? Mitch isn't even. Holy cow. We might need a hard reboot here. For hey, Mitch. it's not my fault. The mic did it by itself. So I wasn't leaving you dead air. It's just the mic broke. But okay, let's say they take, I'm not giving name a back. They take a running back in the third round. They don't resign Fournette and Ronald Jones is gone. What? Where would you put that running back top 20 in the NFL? Top 25? Unnamed rookie running back. <laughs> well, what, what I feel what, like he's going somewhere with this John I'm Bauer. Not, really, it's just a random running back. How high are we going to put him in that offense just because Tom Brady is back there now? What round are we? is he going three. in the NFL? Round three. Yeah. At that point, I have to believe it's not Hall, it's not Spiller, it's not Walker, all of them going before the third round in this situation. And there's I would not have a scenario. maybe Brian Robinson, someone like that. Come on, well, is, uh, is, is there a scenario? Well, I know I'm, I'm mad, JB. I'm mad, man. Like, is there a scenario with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady and borrowed time that they're letting Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones go and they're going to bring in some rookie to pass protect for Tom Brady? That is not happening. Leonard Fournette will be back. There's no way they're letting him go unless someone wants to pony up. But that that market's not there for running backs. Well, I think we could see an opportunity where it's some musical chairs at the running back position. Fournette, Penny, Melvin. What if Melvin Gordon landed in Tampa Bay on a team-friendly deal? Give me a championship opportunity. Melvin Gordon's price, it's going to, even though he is 28 years old, turns 29, what, in April, right before the NFL draft. There's still gas in the tank. There is gas in the tank. and That's like a pivot spot. 
that's like a pivot from Randy Gregory to Von Miller. If they do lose an Uncle Lenny, they would have to pivot somewhere. I don't think it would be a rookie match unless they you know have the draft capital to get someone legit. But I think the key here is it's, it would be a great landing spot this year. But if I'm going to sit here and say Tom Brady, I think he's out after one year, I have to take that into account with the positional players. That includes incoming running backs. Okay. So neither of you answered, but that's cool. Keep going. <laughs> well, okay. So, well, Dan jumped in. I, I, I did answer. answer. There was if no scenario the- where that, <laughs> that even happens. If it's the third round and they take a Damian Pierce, James Cook, Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. not Aguilar, Dan, uh, Rashad yeah. White, what, uh, Zamir White, maybe. Oh, my God. Mitch would be going nuts. Uh, I think they elevate themselves from a market value perspective back into the first. Is it warranted? I'm not going down that Did, same path. With sounds like Keyshawn. I, I'll be I'll say, didn't you guys learn? I'll be damned. I will not. I I will not go down that same route. Uh, but that's probably where the market would elevate them, especially if it's just Keyshawn Vaughn in said rookie because Rojo and, and uh, Fournette are out. So, any other thoughts on Tom Brady here returning for 2022 at least minimum? I think that just to my point of there's one less quarterback in the equation. I think that now leaves Colts, Panthers, and Saints. For Marcus Mariota, Jimmy GQ, and Deshaun Watson. And I think Falcons this is too. I don't, I don't see the Falcons staying in that, Mitch. I think it's more like just smoke and mirrors. They said he's visiting the Niners too. That resurfaced again that uh, I saw earlier. Yeah, I think that one's out though. I think that was debunked. Yeah. Yeah, but then it came back again, believe it or not. I have a close friend who's a Niners fan who's now mad. But Wait, really quick, really quick. Was it on like this episode last year? Where Dan jumped in and he's like, oh my God, my buddy just texted me. Yeah. Cowboys cool. traded Dak Prescott and it, it was some like fake Schefter account. No, no, you're thinking that you're having flashbacks to Antonio Brown, my friend, my, my friend. Nope. I, you're going back to the fake Twitter. This wasn't fake Twitter. This was a legitimate, there was a, you know, Niners beat reporter, whatever the case may be. You're going to make me dig this up tonight, aren't you? Where during the show, All right. Dan is going, oh my God, we traded Dak. What's going on? And it was fake. It was fake. Uh, Nick I remember says, that James, one. That was the Nick says in the chat, Jameis is in the mix too. For Jameis, I, I mentioned this in the Discord. I think he's going to be that quarterback because of his situation, the injury. He's not signed right away. And then once we see where Deshaun Watson goes, hopefully we find out sooner rather than later. We talked about the three spots that the the trade packages have been approved by the Houston Texans. Now he really gets to pick where he goes. But once that domino falls, then we get the Winston, the Mariota type situations. Do you think Winston's the fallback if they don't get Watson? Like, does New Orleans just say, "Hey, we're going to roll what we have with Winston and Hill"? At that point, that's kind of how I viewed it. Yeah, I mean, if they if the Saints don't get Watson. I think they go like another one year deal for Winston because really then you could see, you could see where they, how things are playing out in the NFL draft. You're not fully committed. Kind of what I'm looking at with Pittsburgh. I'm really curious what Houston's going to do as well. Do they have to have a quarterback in exchange in a deal for Watson? That'll be interesting. Or are they content with Davis Mills? I think they'll roll with Davis Mills. I don't think there's any reason to bring on anybody else with the the way that roster is built but we're gonna get through all this tonight and oh god <laughs> how we're gonna keep it to an hour i don't know we got through 1.16 minutes a lot of changes in arizona guys 
James Conner, he's not he's not going anywhere. Three year contract. He's sticking around. Chase Edmonds off to Miami for two years. Christian Kirk back up that Brinks truck. He's heading to Jacksonville. Zach Ertz, he's staying. He gets the extension. So we have Connor and Ertz staying. Edmonds and Christian Kirk leaving. Who is the main beneficiary in Arizona with everything that's taken place so far today? I, I am my hands are in rare form. They are moving so much. I just smacked my phone off the table. So, Mitch, what do you got here with Arizona? It's James Conner. I think he had 15 touchdowns last year. That's going to regress. You know, it's going to come down. He's not going to keep that up. But I think he's still in a great position. I wouldn't be shocked to see him have another 10 this year, which is probably still over his expectation. But the problem is right now, you can't get him for the 111 or the 112. So you're end up getting like a mid to late first round pick in order to get James Conner. And I'm just completely out of that point. So I'm happy to have him on my teams. This is one of the guys to where I'm like, okay, I don't have to move him right now. I'm okay because I think he's going to be good for two years. Yep. And as far as running backs go, that's all I want to count on him for anyways. And I don't see Kyler going anywhere for two years. And that offense is just going to keep doing its thing to where it's not great, but it's going to put up points with Kyler at the helm. And Zach Ertz is going to be that really quiet tight end. I think that you could get really late in startup drafts. You could probably get in an add-on on deal, and he's going to outperform what a lot of the guys like Alberto. I'm not going to be shocked when Zach Ertz beats out Alberto by 30 or 40 fantasy points total at the end of the year, but he's going to cost a quarter of the price that Alberto is. Zach Ertz certainly has that near-term outlook, that short-term outlook. Last year with Arizona, seven targets per game, five receptions, 50 yards. If you're playing in two PPR leagues right there without even looking at touchdowns, you're up to 15 points a week. And from the the cost to acquire Zach Ertz, I don't think you go out and acquire him today. I think you wait. I don't think you go out and acquire James Conner today. I think you wait. But just like you said, Mitch, when we looked at him last year, if you were a contender, you were going out and acquiring him. If you weren't contending, you wanted to move him because, hey, James Conner is having a tremendous season. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to get a contract extension? Because we know he's in that murky situation. We didn't know it was going to happen. But now he lands a three-year deal, even if, and I know with the guaranteed money, it could be technically like a two-year deal. But still, at that at that price range, that is a, a tremendous uh, you know advantage there, looking at two years. But again, before I turn it over to Dan, one last thing. Oh, I just got an alert. Saint signing Bradley Roby. I guess they, it would have been a trade if it was Deshaun Watson, but uh, who cares about Bradley Roby right now? Sorry, Brad, but James Connor people in our discord, they were saying I offered one eleven, just like Mitch said, and it was rejected. I'm not paying that price. And I, I, I would wait because I would be shocked if they're only going to roll into the season with James Connor and Eno Benjamin. So I think somebody else is brought in. Is it going to greatly impact it from a production standpoint? Maybe not. But from a cost to acquire, that price is going to go down. So James Conner, actionable advice here. Don't try to go out and acquire him. Pretty much exactly what Mitch said. But I just want to reiterate it so I'm the last person to say it. So I'm the one you think of. All right. That's the plan here. All right. Dan, Arizona, what do you got? Arizona is very interesting. agree with both of you on Conner. 
Um, I, I don't know if I consider him the biggest winner in this. I mean, I think he was definitely a winner when he got a three-year contract and Hey, he's 26. Dan buying- preach, preach. Who is the biggest winner? I was, I was by the biggest winner. It's I'm a little bit of, again, we got to watch to see what Arizona does moving forward, but I, I would lean Rondell more Boom, and done. potentially, right there. you know, and I think Zach Ertz could be a winner too, depending on, do they bring in another receiver? How much do they truly evolve? Uh, you know, Rondell Moore in his game, but you lose Kirk out if they don't sign the legitimate receiver. Man, AJ Green isn't getting any younger on one side. Nuke's not getting any younger on the other side. Although if he stays healthy, I think there's, you know, some more production out of him, but it's got to be Rondell Moore. That year two, they're going to invest in him. Um, I'm not so much a cards believer, but I think this was good for Rondell Moore today. Ertz, I think, maintains his relevance, relevancy that he had last year landing with the cards. And uh, I do think, JB, that they do bring in someone else with Connor. You know, you do worry about health. It's just a matter of who that's going to be. Um, will they be as good as a Chase Edmonds? We'll see. But again, look at the name still. And I know people are not absolutely head over heels with the remaining free agents that are out there. And I think to an extent, we were so spoiled with the big trades that have gone down in the last week or so. Free agencies upon us and everybody's like, Oh, like, you know, yawning gifs and all that stuff or gif for Mitch. But we're looking at the guys that are left Fournette, Penny, Melvin Gordon, Patterson, even Sony or Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones wouldn't make sense in this situation. Just in Sony also, I think they would go more towards a pass catching role, even though James Conner did have 37 receptions last year. But there are players that are going to cap his upside uh, so don't pay that inflated price, but Rondell Moore, man, Dan, you hit the nail on the head. I don't like that. Dan and I have been seeing eye to eye. It's happened a lot lately. It's really weird. Usually we're, in the air. we butt heads usually, but something's off here in 2022, 77% slot rate in 2021. The issue was Christian Kirk was at 79% and Christian Kirk saw 300 more routes than Rondell Moore. Now, we're not going to talk about vacated targets because I know you go out and you earn those targets, but to get those targets, you better be on the field. And that's the biggest opportunity for Rondell Moore. Can he get something a little bit further down the field than a one-yard average depth of target? Hopefully. And I see Corey in there. He's not happy we're talking about Rondell Moore. I know, I know. But this is a nice opportunity for him as things stand now heading into... Uh, you know, Wednesday here with free agency and prior to the NFL draft. I'm a disagree just because you two agreeing is weird and there has to be a voice of reason. (laughs) Are you guys not concerned that the Kyler to Rondell down the field thing just has issues as far as a football perspective goes? You have a shorter QB throwing to a shorter wide receiver down the field. Is that something that we should actually worry about? Or do you think they could figure it out with more rollouts or stuff like that. I think we worry about it from the team perspective. You know, we've got some questions about Arizona last year with Kyler and the last two years we, we've, you know, if you go back a couple episodes of dynasty theory and we were talking about Arizona and how they tail off the end of every, every season, that's what I'm worried about. But to JB's point, if he's on the field and the volumes there, Hey, just get that ball in that guy's hands. If he comes out with three catches for, you know, 80, 90 yards and a touchdown. Cause he got some in space. I'm okay. I'd be okay with that too, to be honest. Is this fair from a price range? Like I'm not saying Rondell Moore, like I'm going out and paying some inflated price. And that's the thing. Once these, the perception changes on a player, the cost to acquire spikes. So 
I'm thrilled to have the shares I do. Am I actively going out and acquiring him today? No, but that's just kind of how I manage my dynasty portfolio. One sec, Mitch, one sec. I see you ready to go. Is it fair to have him maybe mixed in or just above Lockett, Thielen, Tony, Boyd, Gabriel Davis? That's fine. But that, that, of course, they're old veterans. How about this one? How about this one? I know you said Gabriel Davis, but you said said Lockett and he's dust. So Jamison Williams or Rondell Moore? Jamison Williams. You're you're jumping. You're jumping. Well, no, I'm saying he's around the 110, right? I think Mm -hmm. he's the name that you see towards the back of the first round that everybody knows who he is. So that's why I like bringing him up in cases like this because Rondell Moore was going between the 110 and the 202 in most of our drafts last year. So Mm -hmm. I think even with this news, I don't know how much his value's even gone up compared to where it was last May. All right. Well, let me whistle a different tune. If I can sell him for 110, buy Rondell. That's why I like the wait. You're gonna buy Rondell? No, I'm saying buy, buy. What yeah. buy, buy Felicia, right? Like Jamison Williams ceiling. So that's what keep it, definitely catapults him above Rondell Moore. You know, the, the, the only difference with this news with Rondell Moore is you know there, there's there's some you know guys we just don't want. No one wants on their roster. You know the the Robbie Andersons, the Kenny Galladay's, Lavisca Chenaults. You know those kind of baggage type players that are just you know very price dependent. So there, there is a little bit upside. I just I am concerned about that Arizona offense. The ca- it caps his ceiling. You mentioned Lavisca Chenault. The Jags might not even want him on their roster. There's rumors that he might be shopped around. But okay, uh, Nick has a comment in the chat and actually lines up perfectly. Thanks for the segue. Chase Edmonds, like I said, he's going to Miami two years, nine hundred yards last year. Total nine hundred yards, forty three receptions, only in twelve games. I I, I kind of think his role is the same, right? Like he's not going to yeah. be a bell cow. But, would you say? But uh, would you say he that? goes from one A and like they have a bunch of running backs there that are probably they're not as good as him. But Gaskin, you can make an argument for it. But Miami, for some reason, doesn't like Gaskin. So is he like one A and Gaskin's one B? Where before it was Connor was one A and Chase was one B. Is he just like slightly better situation because he's probably going to be the guy? But we we don't see him as a bell cow. He'll be sharing with one or more backs. Yeah, and if they if they resign Duke, if he comes back, who knows what's going to happen with him? Maybe. But I I think Chase Edmonds ten to twelve carries a game, four receptions a game, and then you you don't think he's going to have four receptions a game? He hasn't averaged fifteen touches a game in his career yet. He's closer to eleven. So that's my thing. He might get like seven rushes a game and maybe three to four catches. Over the last two years, John, he has actually averaged eleven touches a game. Just a heads up on that. But so that's my reason. And it's a worst offense. So that's going to be the hard thing because I think his value's actually gone up in dynasty because of this move. People are going to see him just a little bit higher. And for me, I just, I can't buy into it. He's someone I'm going to have probably on zero dynasty teams just because I don't have a lot of faith in that offense. And I think his value is just going to be a little bit higher than what I want to pay for someone who's going to touch the ball 11 to 12 times a game. Are we okay, safe? So, well, but really, hold on, hold on, because you know I can't let this go now. What was my initial thought? I said 10 to 12 carries, four receptions, right? Yeah, about 15. Okay, so let's let let's reverse it. If I say 10 carries, four receptions, is that okay? No, that's still 14 touches a game. He averaged over 13 last, last year. No, he didn't. He did. 
He had 116 carries. But that's why I did games. over two years because I don't like those small sample sizes like that, John. I like to have a bigger sample size. Holy so over shit. two years to where he played the 16 games, you know, in 2020, instead of just basing it off the 12, because that would be weird. You don't want to base it off 12 games when you could base it over 28 games. He's actually closer to 11. So Mitch is going for a larger sample size, but are we fair like meeting in the middle here and saying, Mitch, we go with the theory of following the money. All right. He's their free agent I, signee. I hate that theory, quite frankly. Would, would he just go up a few spots in your rankings based on a little bit better opportunity and following the money? You know, not a drastic uh, uptick where you're going to overpay, like you're saying, but maybe just a few slots in your rankings. I just don't think it's a better opportunity for him. I think the offense was just better in Arizona, and I'm not sure he gets any more upside going to Miami than what he had in Arizona. I mean, he only had two touchdowns because James Conner was vulturing everything. Maybe there's a reason why Edmonds hasn't had any carries inside the red zone. Or maybe he actually had one or two last year. Which I called out prior to the 2021 season. Go check my my Twitter. Hashtag receipts. Raven signing a right tackle for three years. I don't care. But I, I, the the two-year contract and having somewhat st- you know, stability because there were those question marks. 27 to 30 is the range I have him for running backs. Am I off my rocker, Mitch? Because you seem to take exception to my Chase Edmonds analysis here. I think it was you said 27 to 30? If you would have said 13 touches a game, yeah. I would have been okay with it. But you God went up for, to God 14 for, or 15, yeah. and that, yeah. was, that was excessive. All right, listen, I will be issuing a formal apology uh, during a press conference tomorrow. We'll make sure we correct that. Bring it down from 14 or 15 to 13 touches. But still, g- give me f- four receptions a game. I- I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm not going out. I can't even get my glasses back on. I'm starting to get frazzled. I'm not going out and offering a first for him. Okay. Sorry if you see in the chat right now, someone from work. Actually, they know that I'm streaming right now. They had a question. And so <laughs> I had to help out my man Garrett be like, hey, this is the password that you need right now. Oh, no, I was wondering what that message was there. I thought it was like some kind of like humor or something that I was missing. An actual work question. That's impressive. I thought it was one of those Russian bots that were popping in again. Like <laughs> DPO. Like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. But okay. So you were distracted during this, this conversation. So I understand. But can we touch like on I four? actually, I for tier wise, to give you a cross positional perspective, I have Tom Brady and Chase Edmonds in the same tier, to be honest with you. So they're. The price that I'm looking to acquire and the price I'm looking to move them, it's very similar. That's fair. Yeah, agreed. So I go from getting chastised and yelled at to agreed. Okay. So Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk. We'll get to Jacksonville in a minute because there's a lot going on. Mitchell Trubisky, Pittsburgh. Dan, how does this impact Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth? How does it impact Mitchell Trubisky? I mean, what the Steelers do in the NFL draft here? I well, it takes away the Malik Willis speculation. I think, I believe, I don't think, I think someone will hop on him first anyway. But I, the two year deal, I like more than a one year prove it deal. And, you know, I have no faith, interest, belief, or reason to discuss Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. So I like the potential in this signing with my belief in the Pittsburgh Steelers, which, you know, I would think you would have, John, as a Steelers fan, but I'm going to have it for you today. That's okay. If the O-line improves some, they now got mobility at quarterback and don't draft Willis like I mentioned. 
I think there's something here in that Steelers offense. I think Mitch in a well-coached team that's got, you know, a good history. I think he could be a very good fantasy contributor for the next couple of years. Okay. Let, let me throw out a few of my points here. The two-year deal is for like $14 million. So it's not necessarily a prove-it deal, but if their quarterback slips, what's up, Salazar? I see you in the chat. If their quarterback in the draft slips, if that's the direction they want to go, they're going to take them. And Mitchell Trubisky is not going to stop them. So here's my thing, and I kind of laid it out as different scenarios. People are worried about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool because, well, Ben, he didn't have any rushing upside, especially the last few years. He's dumping it, dinking it, getting it to these receivers. Certainly, Najee Harris, Fryer Muth, Deontay Johnson, Claypool struggled at times because he's going deeper down the field. But you have Mitchell Trubisky, so one of two things is going to happen. He's going to play well enough that he's going to keep the job right, or it's going to be a failed experiment here in 2022 and they pull the plug and go a different direction in 23, or they pursue a rookie quarterback in the NFL draft because they get their guy. He slips to them. Trubisky, horrendous start. They go 0 and 4. They bring a rookie quarterback in. And whatever your value of these receiving options was, strictly because of Mitchell Trubisky, it's now irrelevant. So for me, I'm not really changing my outlook on the rest of this offense because if Trubisky fails, they're not going to stick with him. They're, they're not going see, to. I just don't see a Malik Willis. And that's I'm, I'm again not high on this rookie class, not high on this class of quarterbacks. So if Malik Willis goes before him, there's been some speculation that Pittsburgh liked him. Pittsburgh's picking later, so I don't think there's a chance they're getting him. I don't see them trading up to get him now. Um, again, so let's go with that scenario that they don't get a rookie quarterback there. I think they have a good season, and then they have a late pick again next year. So that they're not putting themselves in a position to get a franchise rookie quarterback. Um, to your point, you know, there's – I wouldn't – totally understand anyone's argument and speculation that he will not be successful. He's not the guy and they get out of this in a, in a season or two. Very possible scenario. I'm just going to go on the feeling that more likely than not, they're going to find some success with Mitchell Trubisky and he might hang in for, for some good fantasy production. And if that's the case, I don't think a lot of the weapons are negatively impacted. I think the biggest loser and it's by default kind of might be Deontay Johnson because he's not getting those constant, you know, peppered with the underneath passes. And I think we maybe see Chase Claypool. Again, Trubisky is not Russell Wilson with his precision down the field, but Ben Roethlisberger was hot garbage the last few years. So Chase Claypool could be a beneficiary at their prices previously, not thrilled about Deontay's price. But again, I'm not dropping him outside of my top 20 dynasty receivers strictly because it's something that could be so short-term. And I know people are dropping Najee. Well, this, 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 this. You know, people were saying about his age. Mitch, there was no time machine that Mitchell Trubisky threw him in, and now he's 38 years old. You know, Najee's only 37. Yeah, he was already that old. It's not a big deal. But again, it's not negatively impacting the rest of this offense from a dynasty perspective because something has to give. They're not going to ride this out for two whole years if it doesn't work early on. Yeah, Ben was ugly at times. I mean, there was no, no mobility. I'm giving him like a little bit of credit for just some veteran savvy and knowing the offense. But, I mean, boy, you're getting mobility now. If they improve the O-line, Najee Harris continues to grow, takes some pressure off the pass game. 
I love Deontay Claypool and for and Frymuth. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, and the comment in the chat kind of gets me back to Dan's talking about following the money. You followed that money with Johnny Smith, and not just you, but a lot of people did last year. Yeah, you know, so that's not salt on the wound there. But if Mitchell Trubisky, seven million a year, is going to get a lot of interest, and I know his competition is Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Well, then we better start talking about Tyrod Taylor as a legitimate concern there over Daniel Jones in New York. He's getting, it's two years, 11 million, but not too far off. Three million, chump change. And I I agree with your point, JB, of following the money doesn't mean success. And uh, I think Tyrod Taylor's signing is, you know, hey, Daniel Jones has had some health uh, issues and concerns, so we're going to protect ourselves. I'm saying following the money and the Steelers are telling you what they're doing or what they're trying to do. No, I I get it. it. It's just such a well-coached organization that I think they're a team that can make it work. Mitch, do you have any thoughts about Mitch? I was letting you guys go. I think you guys are doing great. Thank you. Thank you. My only thing is like, sorry. Happens every show, right? Almost made it. But Mitchell Trubisky is not a good quarterback. He just wasn't before, right? I know he was okay in DFS for a few spot starts. Uh, that's true. That's kind of why we started him. Horrible defense. You play him against that horrible defense, maybe he could throw three or four touchdowns. I think he went to the Bills, and people saw what Josh Allen did under Dable there, and they're assuming Mitchell Drabisky is somehow going to make the same jump that Josh not Not the same, but make a jump like Josh Allen did. Right. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a better quarterback at all. I just think he's going to be the exact same guy that he was. But I will agree that Deontay Johnson and Claypool are going to be okay. I really worry about Patty, Pat Fairmuth. I I don't see him being able to make four fantasy-relevant players in that offense. I just, that defense is too good to where I don't think they're going to have to play a whole bunch of catch-up games to where I think there's going to be a more of a ball-control type of offense. And I don't see them feeding four guys like that. So Deontay could probably get his. Claypool can probably get his. Najee might have some more touchdown upside than what he had previously. But one of those guys is going to miss out. And my worry is it's going to be fair. But I, he's, I, I think he is, his price is a little bit inflated. You know, I, I know people kind of have him in that seven to eight spot. So maybe from a season long perspective, he comes in at like 12 or 13. So probably not too big of a discrepancy between the actual production from tight end eight, but it removes that ceiling potentially. It's big and, in dynasty. And I think yeah. that's it. I could see him maybe being like, well, my default still probably like tight end 12 in startups next year. But yeah, I, I do think something has to give. I just don't think it's as catastrophic as people are making it out to be, you know? So wait, wait, I, wait, I thought Deontay Johnson was a sell before. One more question. Now it's like his price might be neutralized. All right, Dan, you're you're jumping to get in here. Let's go. What? Got good questions tonight, guys. Good questions. This is good analysis. But I'm wondering, Mitch, how much is the Chicago Bears versus Mitchell Trubisky? You know, is there something there with good coaching in Buffalo and good coaching in Pittsburgh that they saw enough to say, hey, this this can work here? I mean, the Bears have been pretty bad for a while. How often? How often have we? And the fantasy community have been very frustrated with the Chicago Bears offense and how they have utilized or not utilized players. Is there some hope there? Too? Has Pittsburgh had a good offense in the last three or four years? 
They've had a high volume offense. Yeah, it's high volume, a lot of passing, but I don't think it's gonna Matt Canada's there now. So that that's the weird thing is we don't know. Ben Roethlisberger was gonna run whatever Ben wanted to do, right? So what's Matt Canada gonna do with Mitch Trubisky? I think that's you know, I don't know what he's gonna do. That's the thing, is we don't know what kind of offense he's gonna run. I, I think the Steelers are in that transition period where they're you know, potential Hall of Fame quarterback there was on the way out. And how do you replace that? So they're going through that transition. But the offense, I mean, I just look at what this team did with a quarterback that could barely, you know, walk on the field, still was able to get production. Now you get a quarterback that can move and do some things and you improve the line. I, I think there's potential to go up, but all good points. Steelers got For Mitchell some work Trubisky, to do. because we do want to get through a few more plays <laughs> tonight. For Mitchell Trubisky, our, our guy, Matt Kyle's in, in the chat. Is 202 about the best one could hope for in return for Trubisky? I, you I would. Guys, you guys are going to hate this. I, I am turned down it. the 109 because it was right after the signing happened and it was just a cold offer 109 for Trubisky. So I was like, you know what? I could get an extra third out of this. So I counted the third and it sat for 24 hours until about three o'clock today and it got rejected with no counter. And I was like, can you send send, can you send it back for just the 109? I'm going to give it a day. <laughs> I don't want to do it immediately. Oh I'm going to give it a day. God. Right? 109. I feel a little sick, to be honest with you. I can't believe I would have broken my I got phone. a little greedy. You did. You did. Yeah. Uh, yeah if, you're, if you're listening and you get off of the 109, you better be shipping him Don't off. counter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would honestly be happy moving him for the 204. And just like the comment in the chat from Chris, I moved Trubisky for a 24 second last week, hedging my bet on him. Still happy with it. That's it. I, I don't think it's a high risk move to get rid of Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be a franchise quarterback. It kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about, Tom Brady. Not that he couldn't be a franchise quarterback, but that that one or two year outlook, I'm going to look to get out now. And Trubisky even more so because Brady's going to play at least through 2022. Is Mitchell Trubisky going to make it through all of 22? A lot of question marks. There's more that can go wrong than can go right, I think, for Mitchell Trubisky. So I'll move him for 204, uh, 205. Uh, I'll need a little bit more. So a long way yeah. off from that 109. Yeah, Mitch. Right. Oh my God. I just looked it up. I lied. It was the 108. <laughs> you didn't have to say it. Nobody would have I mean, known. It's true. It just is what it is. You know, sometimes you take your shots and. Oh my God. Sometimes you get shot. Oh my goodness. Another question here. This is kind of uh, more encompassing, overarching from Nick. What are your thoughts on making trades right now in the middle of free agency and pre-NFL draft? Are you hesitant or happy to do it? Oh, more than happy. I think now is a great time to get value spikes. If you're right on a player, this is where you can make your teams to where August, all the redraft rankings are out. All of the stuff getting ready for DFS week one is out. All the best ball stuff is out. Right now, you could be ahead of 90% of your league mates if you're right on one player and you're able to get them at a lower cost. We talked about Marcus Marriott a few times. I think he I think he starts somewhere to start the season. I would poke around. Most likely if somebody has a Mariota type situation on their team, 
they're holding him to see where he goes. It was the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky, but then you have the opportunity to cash on Trubisky. Some people chose to, some people chose not to. I'm not going to name names. I don't even think he was listening. Holy cow. I was talking about you, Mitch. Oh, you were? Sorry, I was oh drinking. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, you know, I talked about James Conner earlier. If you're moving him now after the initial round, the first wave there of the legal tampering and free agency, and they do bring somebody else in, there's going to be a value change, uh, whether or not it should be uh, taken into account to a certain degree. That's another story. I did say this earlier, Nick. I think a lot of people are willing to they're less willing to make a move and they want to be reactive as opposed to proactive because they don't want to be wrong they'd rather pay a little bit more and make sure that situation is intact that they believe is going to happen than make that take that risk and be wrong i think i would say 90 percent of the people are in that boat but most of the people that are tuning into dynasty theory week in and week out are absolute degenerates like us. And I don't think you're going to be as hesitant. I think that's an accurate statement. Okay. Really I, quick. Just, oh. I just want to add, I, I agree with everything. Not, I love, this is good, but hey, I want to give our listeners what they're asking here. So now is a great time to trade. Yeah. I've been active. I've gotten some Mariota. I've gotten some uh, Trubisky. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy to even potentially look at. But I think on the flip side, you also do want to be careful a little bit too. You know, like don't go after, let's just say, hey, I for some reason you like Miles Gaskin, then all of a sudden Chase Esmond shows up there. Try to project ahead a little bit of who you're trading for and make sure you're not going to regret it on the, the flip side of it later. So great time, but be cautious. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point, Dan. All right. Where are we? 46 minutes in. Dan, we can still very do it, but- very quick thought here. Jaguars, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones. Is there any excitement there? I I think this is a prime example of team dysfunction that spent $117 million, 500000 on who? You know, Christian Kirk, he's, you know, I, I thought that was a nice, you know, addition. But we see some of the guys like Gallup and uh, the other guys out there that are going at a better price. Yes, this does happen this time of year. They go with the guy, but then you you compound that with zay jones and evan ingram ingram who we don't know could stay healthy uh it just sounds like a a new england from last year where he got some mild fantasy results and i I don't see how this is a big boom for the jacksonville jaguars i'm personally excited evan ingram doug peterson offense who knows i mean i i am an evan ingram apologist i will be the first to admit uh, just really quick, all I'm going to say is I expect this team to win two games again next year, and the GM will be gone, and who knows if the, Doug Peterson will even still be there. I think they're going to blow it up again in a year. A lot of mind, though, I, know, I know a lot of people are hyping up that Christian Kirk contract and really uh, you know, mocking it. It is only $37 million guaranteed, though, out of all of it. Only so it's not as bad as it looks at first glance. Mitch Jarvis Landry Jarvis Landry was released by Cleveland, twenty mm-hmm. nine year old now free agent receiver. Where do you think he ends up? And do you care? I'm gonna guess that it's gonna go to a contending team. It would just make sense for him to go there more so than a team like Detroit. So if he goes to a contending team, I'm not gonna say the Packers because I think that's what everyone's gonna say. But what if he goes to maybe Buffalo. the Chargers or something like that? Or Buffalo, right? It's just just like Dan said. It's then I'll be more into him. But he's also not a guy I'm never gonna buy into again because I don't see 110 targets in his future. I see probably 80 to 90, 
And I probably can find that weekly off the waiver wire if I need to. Yep. If he lands in a good spot, it's a cash out opportunity. One that I'm looking to make Dan, there were three tight ends that were either re-signed or given a contract elsewhere. Who are you most excited about? Mo Alley Cox in Indianapolis, Will Disley in Seattle, CJ Uzoma in New York Jets. Is there a D, none of the above? <laughs> no, it, you got to pick one. You got to hit me with one. Hey, a lot of people play in two PPR, and these are potentially relevant assets. All right, I'll give you that. First, I want to say this average tight end club that you brought up, JB, excites me slightly more than the rookie tight end class that we'll eventually discuss on a later episode. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm keeping a close eye on the Colts situation with uh, Kylan Grayson and Mo Alley Cox. You know, they're just, it's a very tight end centric offense. You take Jack Doyle out of there finally. Hopefully, they don't sign anybody else. Maybe Mo Alley. The one thing I will say with Will Disley, if Noah Fant is not if that fifth year option is not exercised in Seattle, it could be the Disley show. And he has shown glimpses when he's healthy. So I think out of that group for me, it's Will Disley that I'm most excited about. True life. It's because you liked him last year. No, uh, I have Uzoma on, like I have him like 25% of my rosters. Mitch, he he's, had he, many he's the... arguments over Everett and Disley. You're like, this is the Disley show. I hey, Mitch, and he still has 80% shares of Drew Locke on his rosters too, I think. I, I think there's some bias behind this Will Disley pick. You're you're lucky that Matt in the chat, his daughter who plays fantasy football, is watching. I'm gonna keep it clean for the crowd, okay? I'm gonna keep it clean. You're lucky, Dan. Uh, so, which of those tight ends, Mitch? You gotta pick. Uh, you gotta go Zoom. I'll get to be terrible. I'll go Disley, I guess, but I don't want uh, any of them. It's not for right. any good reason. Dan, DJ Shark, one year deal. In you know what? No, we Mitch, let's start with you. DJ All Shark, right. one year deal in Detroit. How do you feel about this? I think it's a good football move. It's a great football move. And the reason behind it is I stated it in the Discord earlier. If he does have a good season and he leaves after this, the Lions will get a comp pick just to have a good wide receiver for a year. If he flames out, that's fine. This team's gonna be horrible anyways. So I think it's just a really, really smart football move to get him on the team to where there's nobody else. Time and time again, it's, you know, been a short stint for this regime, but there hasn't really been a move where you're like, oh man, like, I can't believe they did that. Like they aren't being mocked constantly on Twitter, which is, a, that's a win for Detroit. So DJ, we don't get many. DJ Shark, like I said, I think it's a good football move. 17.1 yards for his average depth of target in 2021. If you look at the weapons that I know it's Jared Goff, but if you look at his weapons, his downfield threats, this is in decreasing order from highest a dot to the lowest, the top seven guys. I think listen to this name, this list of names, Josh Reynolds, Kadero Hodge, Geronimo Allison, Quintez Cephas, Khalif Raymond, Trinity Benson and Tom Kennedy, who I'm pretty sure works at the Wendy's down the road here. Like that is a list of names. And people are like, why would they bring in DJ shark? He's a deep threat. It horrible. Like golf isn't going to look from, would you throw the ball to Tom Kennedy? I wouldn't <laughs> like, what are you going to do here? So I think it's a good one year prove it deal. Good opportunity for him. You know, I think the targets, you know, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be a wide receiver too, but in your, if you're in a deeper league, a flex play, Maybe somebody of interest. Agreed. You put him a flex play, backup player on your roster. He, he could help you now and then. Yeah. Cedric Wilson to Miami, three years. Dan, I got to bounce this over to you. 90% slot rate last year. 
highest of all wide receivers with at least 50 targets. Maybe our man CD lamb can get back to the slot and Dak can develop that relationship that we saw at the beginning stages of 2021. How do you feel about Cedric in Miami? Don't get me going what's going on in Dallas, but for Miami, Cedric Wilson, like good luck with that. Like, I just think he's an average player because he has gotten opportunities. And I think we talked about this in a past episode as well as we were breaking down, like what's Dallas going to do when given the opportunity, when someone's been injured and he's gotten extra reps, he has that one, you know, flash game, he just disappears. Um, So I I think for Miami, you know, they'll, they'll get some help on special teams. They'll have one or two games out of Wilson during the year that he might catch our attention. But if you could get some kind of draft capital for him, move him. Would you do like, you're not going to get any type of second, but if you could do like Cedric Wilson and 301 for 208. Yep. Like just that, that minimal bump, but getting you, if like, depending on where your personal tier break is, maybe Cedric Wilson's a player again, a deeper league, that you can just get that bump. So that's probably the move to make there. J.D. McKissick, two years, $7 million in Buffalo. I th- It hurts our man Devin Singletary, Mitch, and you can't say it doesn't. I, I think it does hurt him a little bit. Okay. It doesn't. He's just not the show before. But I think it's just proof that they hated everybody behind Singletary, so they have to bring someone else in. <laughs> that's that's a funny comment in the chat. But I'm not going to who, who is T. Kennedy? That's one way to word it. Um, I think he comes in, but he doesn't, he's not going to take red zone work away from McKissick or sorry, away from Singletary. But I think it's going to hurt him if they're down and they have to throw McKissick's going to be off the field and Singletary isn't going to be in there anymore. And he was always on the field before because Zach Moss was horrible at pass blocking. And so I do think it's going to hurt him. I think people are going to over state how much it's going to hurt him because i think singletary is still going to be a flex play each week in dynasty that's what i was going to say i i, I you know I, I have him you're going to hate this mitch but i i have him a little bit below edmonds for dynasty purposes to be honest I, with you i know because you love edmonds you I know am, my biggest a... regret on this show is i missed your like running back tier show back in august or july of last year and you both went on and on about how much you loved edmonds he was my i, he was a big I nice think man. this is still just continuing on from that show and i wish i could have been on to be like no i said i, I have him the tier below hey. it's not a huge difference but it, it does cap his upside though it does 91 targets last year for single terry moss and breeda combined mckissick in just 11 games had 53 in washington and we know that 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 the size of the pie there in Buffalo for running back targets is smaller than what we saw in Washington. Uh, what thirty two difference, thirty two uh, target difference there. Um, nah, I'm I'm making that up. McKissick had 123 receptions over the last two seasons, 91 targets for the Buffalo backs. That's where I made up 32 is coming from. But everybody stopped listening ten minutes ago. Dan well, Buffalo hasn't had a back that could catch like JD McKissick. And, you know, I think there's a, a budget move for Washington. I'm really – I wouldn't want to give up a, a McKissick, especially when you just got Carson Wentz. I think that would have been very beneficial to keep McKissick. But, hey, Washington, you do you. And for the Buffalo Bills, when you have Josh Allen and explosive offense like that, Mitch is right. They don't like anyone else behind Singletary. I think Singletary worked his tail off into a role last year, and he was the best of what they had. But it does devalue him a bit and. McKissick's going to be nice in Buffalo. I think it helps Josh. It's just another weapon for Josh Allen. 
Could you get 310 in a 12 team super flex league for Zach Moss today? No. Four, I honestly five, don't know ten. if you could get 410. I mean, I really oh. don't know if you could get a draft pick for Zach Moss. Maybe that's my challenge that I'm going to take on this week. See if I can <laughs> get anything <laughs> for Zach Moss. Yeah, JD McKissick, uh, he's good in pass protection. That's something that Dan is absolutely going to love. Uh, Nick in the chat, the motor, Devin Singletary, he will be fine. It, it caps his upside. So I don't think we're going to see those explosive games that we saw towards the tail end of the season. But I do, just like Mitch said, think he offers some flex appeal. Uh, James White, two years, five million in New England. I'm going to skip over him. Nobody cares. Yep. Russell Gage, Tampa Bay. We talked about him. Chris Godwin tore his ACL in week 15. This has to be seen as an upgrade for Russell Gage. Get out of Atlanta. Oh, of course. Yep. That high-powered <laughs> offense here. And I guarantee here tonight on Dynasty Theory that Russell Gage will not do jumping jacks through the end zone and leave the stadium on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in a big game. I think they have solidified some stability now in their receiving core. They are back to a three-wide receiver threat team and depth with enough footballs to go around. I like Gage, and I have him stashed away on a lot of rosters. I was hoping it was kind of similar to DJ Shark's situation, a one-year deal, go in there, do your thing, with Chris Godwin, who knows when he'll be back, really excel in that slot role and just, you know, offer wide receiver 20 to 24 upside. And that would be lovely. Um, so who knows how it looks beyond year one if Tom Brady does leave, Chris Godwin comes back, what it's going to look like. But I love it here in 2022 for Russell Gage. And we have that Dan Lamonia guarantee that he's not going to sprint through the end zone and leave in the middle of a game. Deontay Foreman, Carolina. I, I have it. not seen the contract details. Don't do care. Has, I hate it. Do you think it has anything to do with Christian McCaffrey? Do you think this has anything to do with so, Deshaun Here's Watson? my issue. Christian wow. McCaffrey is amazing because he catches the ball out of the backfield, right? It helps. This Carolina team is going to run between the tackles. I'm sorry. Their offensive line is horrible. I don't care who the quarterback is. Deontay Foreman isn't going to be a good running back in that offense because the offensive line can't block anybody. And that's not going to get fixed this year. So in my view, I don't care. I'm out. But do you, okay, you're out. I get it. But do you think this has more to do with Chuba (laughs) Hubbard as opposed to some crazy theory that McCaffrey's packing his bags out of Carolina? I'm just trying to hype up the situation. Oh, no, I, I think Foreman is going to back up Christian McCaffrey and if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, Foreman is going to be a one-day DFS start because he's 4,000 on DraftKings. And that's the only reason why he's ever going to see a lineup. All right. Uh, I just I like Deontay Foreman, though. Yes, Carolina has a messed up situation, but they do have the sixth overall pick in the draft. Let's see where what happens with Deshaun Watson. Let's see how they use their draft capital. They've got to fix this ship at some point. Well, they can't have but... both. They can't have Watson and draft capital. That capital is going to be gone. I'm just saying something's got to give somewhere where they're going to try to fix this offense. There Dan's are like, I'll there. offer you fab <laughs> for Deshaun Watson. Foreman looked very good last year. Is this the ideal situation, Mitch? No, but I'm just thinking, I'm saying he is a legitimate backup running back that has potential to start. I wouldn't just hate him and not want him on my roster. Because it's not the ideal situation. Realistically, I think this has more to do with Chuba Hubbard as opposed to. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Final thoughts. I'm going to kick something over to you guys. And I I reinstated the old little uh, graphic. Final thoughts. 
because the last one was not well received. We even had patrons yelling at me. JB, what the heck was that? I'm sorry, guys. You don't like change. Uh, Deshaun Watson watch. The teams, the three teams on the radar. Apparently, he's meeting with Atlanta tomorrow. I, Who knows if that's true? But the three teams that apparently, allegedly, the Houston Texans, Texans have approved a trade. And then it's up to Deshaun Watson. It's New Orleans, Carolina, and Cleveland. Dan, for your final thought, where does Deshaun Watson play in 2022? I predict he's a New Orleans Saints. They seem to have the most to offer. I think it's very interesting, the teams that have the best chance. You know, the Saints, you remember they had, like, Bounty Gate back in the day. The Panthers owners got some, uh, you know, some interesting interesting things to say about him. The Browns, Kareem Hunt, you know, do they they find a way to move a Baker? I don't know. But uh, I'm going to go with the Saints as Deshaun Watson's landing spot. Mitch, not where do you think he goes out of those three spots for your fantasy teams? Where do you want him to go? My fantasy teams. Be selfish here. Where do you want him to go? I'm going to go the Browns. I just think he can help out that offense so much to where Chubb will be amazing. Whatever tight end they end up keeping there, I think will be really good. And he has Amari to throw to. So I know that's going to help out Dan too. And I think that with how the NFL works, wouldn't it just end up being the Browns? Just some dark horse team that we find out five o'clock in the morning tomorrow that the talks are going and that's how it ends up by noon. If it's the Browns, you'd have to think one of those tight ends would come back in the package. Mm-hmm. That that could be interesting, you know, but then my Brevin Jordan shares and I'm like, eh. I do like Brevin. Uh, the Falcons have prepared an elaborate presentation for their meeting with Deshaun Watson to try to convince him to they have pdfs and google sheets (laughs) (laughs) they're like all right we have this powerpoint presentation for selfish reasons i want him to go to cleveland because i have so many amari cooper shares that i've been scooping up left and right so for amari cooper let's land in cleveland all right guys we really rolled through there towards the end. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Check out the Discord. Hit me up for the link. Check out the Patreon. Hit me up for the link. Uh, we have a lot of fun things planned, including the draft show at the end of April. Uh, draft show. It's a draft party. And we're going to have a lot of cool games and mm-hmm. different fun things. So for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>